get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games The stage is set. The Blue Bombers and the Argos will go to battle in the 109th Grey Cup on Sunday here in the Grey Cup City, Regina, Saskatchewan. Welcome inside Bonfire Sports. Darren Bombing alongside the legend, Canadian Hall of Famer, Blue Bombers Hall of Famer, and Ring of Honor member, Chris Walby. Bluto, how are you feeling just hours prior to kickoff? It is Super Saturday here in Regina and looking ahead to Sunday's kickoff uh, with Winnipeg, looking to make history and a potential three-peat. Yeah, you got to be excited. I mean, it's getting close. I mean, we're not going through anything like the players are. This is the best time for the players now. They can unwind, see their family a little bit. The, you know, the interviews, the media poking them and prodding them all day, that's over now. It's, they can actually go back. They'll have a meeting tonight. Uh, you know, they'll have a, they'll have a team dinner. Uh, just a team, and they'll sit down, they'll watch a little bit more film, they'll have probably one more meeting, and then they'll shut her down, and, you know, guys, just get ready to play tomorrow, and that'll be the message. Um, as you mentioned earlier, you're there in Regina, the win, and you know what it's like, Winnipeg and Regina, it's always got wind, and that's something they're going to have to deal with, so that tells me how important that coin toss again will be. You want to win that coin toss, you can defer to the fourth quarter, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm to excited. Me, to that, me, that's a that. fascinating thing, Chris. I'm sorry to What's interrupt that? you. To me, that's fascinating because there's two schools of thought. Do you want the ball first to get the early momentum to put your team maybe uh, ahead first? Or do you defer to the second half, let the other team have the ball first, but then you know that when the game is on the line, you can have the wind in your favor? I think that, you know, that's a good point. And I know that's what every goes through every coach's uh, mind when they, they send the guys out to take it. But, uh, you know, when you look at the Bombers and their number one defense, and they've only allowed 19 points. I mean, they're number one for a reason. They have allowed the least number of touchdowns. So, to me, it's a, it's a sign of confidence for your defense. You just basically mm -hmm. say, you know what, guys, I got confidence in you guys that you can stop them. But I definitely, with the wind, I, de I know it's supposed to be a nicer day tomorrow. But with the wind, I want it behind my back in case I need something special. Maybe I need a leg to kick a 55-yarder again to win the right. game. You right. don't want to be kicking into that gusty wind. You want to have the wind behind you. So, to me, that's the way I would do it if I was coaching. Uh, I agree with you, though, that some coaches like to get the ball, get the wind early, and use the momentum. I was watching, um, coincidentally, before I came on with you, bud, I was watching my DSU team who just won Dickinson State. They just won their uh, their conference championship again. They're in Iowa playing a team from Iowa right now. Mm -hmm. Iowa took the ball. This is to your point. Scored 21 first quarter points with the wind. So, I mean, right now. And then, of course, Dickinson was punting. And they couldn't get the ball. It was like 20-yard shank. So, now it's 28 nothing for the Iowa Red Raiders. So a wind is definitely a factor, no matter what league you're playing and where you're playing. You, you got to uh, strategize 
sharply in a championship yeah. game where it's balls to the wall. There is no tomorrow. This is the last game of the season for both of these teams, no matter what. And Chris, you can talk about, like, let's talk about game script. Buck Pierce will script out a series going into the game saying, this is what we're going to do the first time we have the ball. And if you're confident in that game script against what the Argos initially show, I imagine getting the ball first would be a good thing. Of course, we've seen teams go out to big leads and lose them late. But for Winnipeg, uh, the ball control style that we expect them to play, we're going to get into Zach Kolaris, his health status. Um, But really, I I do see the run game and, you know, your boys up front, Chris, controlling scrimmage. To me, that's the key to this game. So if you're going to play ball control, smack you in the mouth, run the ball football in the Grey Cup, bully ball, as uh, some like to call it, then maybe getting the ball first, is an advantage no. and the wind no. late, you know, you're going to be running the ball anyway. Oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to kind of contradict you on one thing. And the fact is a lot of teams will put out a schedule of the six or seven plays you want to run. And that is so they can determine what the defense is going to, how they're going to respond to certain situations. Then they adjust during the game. Used to be complaints about the bombers years ago when they were having the rough go with Reinbolt that, you know, they basically weren't making adjustments till halftime. Well, sometimes it's too late. I mean, yeah, they do make adjustments at halftime, but you got to make adjustments during the go. So that's the biggest thing for me. And that's why I say right now, you defer to the second half, especially with the win. If it's indoors, nah, you don't care about it. It's not a big factor, but come on, boys. You know as well as I do, DB, when you're playing there and the wind in Saskatchewan is howling from the north or wherever it's going to come, you want to make sure you have that behind you in the fourth quarter means most, either to run the ball out or just to get that points if you need to come back and get a special kick. Remember, well, only played once. And that was July 4th. And it was 23-22. Boris Beattie with 25 seconds left in the game misses an extra point to tie that game and send it into overtime. Could be talking about a different scenario. But that's what ifs and what happens. I mean, that's the big thing. Boris Beattie, who is amazing. I mean, he's got the lowest percentage of field goals in the league at 78%. Big yeah. leg and wild wild. Huge accuracy. leg. He tried a 61 yarder this year. But postseason he's 8 for 9 his career. So he and he's 4 for 4. He has not missed an extra point in postseason. Now you talk about the other side. I know we don't want to get a special teams already, but I'm just, you know, throwing it out there right now just to kind of, you know, Legio missed two extra points. One was returned for a touchdown the first time this year that happened. Well, two points. Cannot yeah. afford to miss. He missed twice. Yeah, you cannot you can't afford to miss those. Those are crucial points. So we saw what happened in just my aforementioned uh, comment about Toronto. I mean, you missed that point. Game's over. And as you said, very astute. The players know the neatest thing in the locker room right now, Darren, is they're going to look today as they w- finish walkthrough. You're going to go in that locker room. You're going to you know tidy up. You're going to go back to the hotel. That team will never be the same. That team will never be the same. There's always changes. So um, I used to always say, man, you know, enjoy this because we may never get an opportunity to play together again. Yeah, the core will be here, the core of players. But you look at guys like Dalton Schoen. No, he's gone. You know, there's guys going to get opportunities. They're going to go down south and try it. I mean, you talked about a guy like Dietrich Nichols. I don't think he'll be here. I think he's going to get opportunities down there. You but it's the family. The day, right? you, you create uh, this thing where you go from training camp to this biggest game of the year. And it's neat. 
And I remember I used to say that to the guys uh, when I said anything, you know what, guys? It's basically 60 plays. Think about this. If we run 15 plays a quarter, that's it. Take care of those 15 plays a quarter. Now, I know the coaches don't talk like that. They don't go like that. But having said that, as a mentality of a player, I know that if I can, you know, dominate for 15, you know, 15 or 16 or whatever it is in that quarter, uh, we got a good chance. So, I mean, uh, there's so many different aspects to look at when it comes to this one or nothing game, but that's one of them. Well, you know, and, and I want to get to uh, a couple things, but something important as we we're talking about wind and, and Mark Leggio, I was talking with him yesterday and I said, okay, you guys have been practicing at Libel Field. That's the Regina Minor Football Association association field fantastic facility like outstanding pro level facility that's where the bombers have been practicing all week just to kind of keep eyes and ears off of what they're doing which is so mike o'shea but oh god yes yeah but uh however i asked mark leggio have you been inside mosaic have you kicked the football and he has uh but he talked about how the winds can swirl in there this is the thing early in the week the forecast for the weather for Sunday's Grey Cup was high of minus five, low of minus 13, 25, 35 kilometers an hour, maybe gusting to 40. Now it's looking like it'll be a little bit colder than that, just a little bit, which I don't see as too much of a, an issue at all. Like we're not talking minus 15, minus 25. Uh, right. You know, we're talking more uh, handleable conditions for Canadian football, but the wind is now expected to gust upwards of 50 kilometers an hour inside crazy. Mosaic Stadium. Bombers fans know they like to call it the toilet bowl. It looks like a toilet seat from the sky above, but that Beautiful will swirl wind like toilet water swirls. And yeah. for the kicking game, it's going to be very important um, that both kickers, and particular Mark Leggio, who has struggled at times, but I would say his best game this season has happened at Mosaic when he had that 50-plus yard air game winner yep. for 55. the Blue Bombers. Yep. That all said, let, let's get to more important news of the day. The Blue Bombers will dress the same roster they did in the West Final. Zach Kolaris, yep. good to go. Is he 100%? Maybe not, but he is going to be able to run around, operate the offense, roll out of the pocket, do all the things that he normally does. And as yeah. the game goes on, like I saw him in practice yesterday, Chris, the more he moves, the more loose that ankle will get. You know, you kind of say it with a wink, wink. You do what you need to do to get out there and play the game. On the other side, though, Chris, the biggest injury news this week was not Zach Kolaris. It was CFL all-star weak side linebacker Winton McManus of the Toronto Argonauts. He yeah. will not play in the 109th Grey Cup. It will be rookie Jonathan Jones out of the University of Toledo, first year in the CFL, and he is going to start next to Enoch Mwamba in the Argos linebacking core. You got a lot of talent in that front six. And Enoch Mwamba is going to have to carry the load without oh, yeah. an outstanding player like Winton McManus. That's why I truly believe the run game will be the X factor on Sunday. Well, you know, you kind of hit on about 82 topics in one sentence there. Well, I but, had to move uh, on from kickers that, to the run okay. game. No, no, that's okay, though. Listen, I watched the film on uh, Zach this morning when he was throwing through pass, and he did have a little bit of a, a limp in his step as he finished the throw. 
Um, but I, I mean, when you get down to it, the adrenaline takes over, you forget about that stuff. I think he'll be fine. I think the biggest thing for him and for that team is to keep him from getting hit, do whatever it takes <clears throat> to prevent him from taking a shot. There's guys that used to do that. They get him in a pile, give you a little wrench on the ankle, you know, do a lot of dirty things because you know what? And that's what happens when it comes to the big game. Unfortunately, I have to say it in a pile and the scrum, as they call it, you never know what's going to happen, but I think he'll be fine. You talked about Winton Mc, uh, McManus. Yes. All Canadian. Uh, you know, he was their uh, nominee, but then you got this Jonathan Jones and they have been talking him up. Uh, you just saying he's, he's come in and a short time he's been there. He's got 10 tackles, a sack. He's got a couple interceptions already. They really like this kid. They think this kid has got a bright, bright future. And he's playing right now. He's thrust into the biggest game of the year for these guys. Uh, you know what? And, and, and I know he's been under the wing, if you would, of Hanak Mwamba. Uh, mm-hmm. you got Chris Edwards on the other side. Uh, yeah, if, if, if I'm going after somebody, maybe that's the guy. You know, maybe he makes a huge rookie mistake that leads to big play for the Bombers. But uh, the way he's been playing in the short time that he's been on that field, he's done very well. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they respond to that. But, uh, you know, this is a team that's – they've allowed – you know, they're number six in rushing. They allow a lot of yards. This might – and, you know, the last time they played, again, way back in July, I think what – uh, if I'm looking at my notes and remember that uh, Brady Oliveira only rushed the ball, I think he had 32 yards. Well, that look was that he, first month of the season where things were not look working. At how he, and look at him, look at him run against that BC defense last week, right? 130 yards. Not only that, the team, the team ran for like 173 yards. I mean, that is going to be such a key as establishing that line of scrimmage. You talked about it already. You have to control the line of scrimmage. And uh, if, if the Bombers can do that, uh, the good things will happen. Because you want to put yourself on a second and manageable, second and short, open that entire playbook. You know, they, you're going to see some you're going to see some slot back, you know, reverses. I, I fully expect. It's funny. I was having a dream yesterday, and it was a good dream. But it was a weird dream because in the dream, Bombers were up 21 nothing right away. Okay. And I was like, wow, this is a wash because I'm so excited for the game. It was like my mind was playing tricks on me. But for some reason, I figured it was going to be a handoff, a rollout, and a throwback to the quarterback. I don't know why I have this in my mind, but wouldn't that be cool? Because if that comes to fruition, I'm going to buy a damn lottery ticket. No, no question. Uh, <laughs> like, was that an afternoon nap, or was that middle of the no, night, uh, night waking man. up screaming? No, I had a couple coldies, and I went to sleep last night, and you know, it's almost like I'm playing now. I'm getting old. Eh? I mean, you know, I'm not hanging around till like like you doing work till midnight or one o'clock in the morning. Uh, you know, I'm just basically uh, having a couple with the, uh, you know, sitting around with some boys and we're talking football and everybody's excited about the game and uh, we almost talked. We almost talked about it and there was my we were this close. We have a buddy who has a motorhome and we went to Benito, Manitoba in this motorhome. We had a great time for the weekend, but they were talking about let's hop on this bus this motorhome, let's go to the game. And we were this close to doing it, DB, and then we said, nah, smarter uh, smarter minds prevailed. We said, you know what, we're going to watch it together. We'll watch it on a nice big screen TV, have a couple coolies. And uh, I think it's going to be a great game. I mean, we talked about winning in the pit. You talked about it. You're 100% right. Read the article this morning. I thought it was very interesting. The O-line coach suite of the Toronto Argonauts said, this is the best lineup he's had 
at O-line for the longest time. Uh, he said that, uh, you know, that uh, that Phil Blake, who's usually a guard, has really excelled at the left tackle position. They've got that uh, Ryan Hunter they just picked up mid- mid-season or I think September from the NFL. This is a they, they did a really good job against Montreal. You know, Montreal's got a pretty good pass rush and stuff. And uh, they didn't let McLeod Bethel Thompson get hit once in that game. And if you protect him and you allow him time, I told you, this could be the coming out party for Bethel McLeod. Uh, I like the way the kid throws. I like, he's a temperamental guy. You saw him arguing on the on the sideline when the coaches started pushing him because he wanted them to challenge a, a pass that, uh, you know, that uh, Brandon Banks had said he had caught. I like his, his, you know, his fire. Now, you don't see that from Zach, but you do see it. You know it's in the huddle because you talk to anybody. Zach's a firecracker in there. You know, he wants to win. He's competitive. So, anyway, I I, I find myself with digressing with so much information. I'm almost like yeah. I was doing t- again. I've got so much information that my mind is blowing up because well, it's just that's like- why that's why we reach out to you, Chris, because people want that insight, and they also want you to talk about hanging out with the boys and having some oh, yeah. some coldies and and a, a great place to go have some coldies Amen. for the Shannon. Great Cup or stay tonight for the Winnipeg Jets Pittsburgh Penguins game. They are open Jets game days home and away. They are yep. open for the Grey Cup specials galore. Awesome food. Go see our friends at Shannon's Irish Pub and Eatery. They are the best. You are not going to be disappointed. 21 beers on tap, rotation of seasonal and local brews. They have your domestic and import favorites as well. Your selection of Irish whiskeys, scotches, Canadian rice, the rest, they will take care of you top to bottom. They'll have all their TVs going. They've got uh, the pool table and the dartboards and all the goods that you expect at a good Irish pub. There's a reason Shannon's has been an institution, an iconic spot in Winnipeg for as long as it has. Go check them out. Just a saucer pass down the street from True North Square. So go check them out for the game tonight, for the Grey Cup tomorrow, 175 Carlton. You can find more information uh, on Shannon's Irish Pub.ca. Uh, Chris, I also want to mention, uh, I'm going to bring a couple home for you, but you can see them over my shoulder here. Big yeah. thanks to Pile of Bones Brewing and Rebellion Brewing uh, here in Regina. Fantastic beers. They took care of all of us, the football yeah, reporters of Canada. Nice. Um, yeah. We're going to be uh, inducting Glenn Souter and Ed Willis into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame FRC Media Wing tomorrow. We're going to live stream it here on Bonfire Sports uh, and, and all of our channels. So uh, check that out uh, tomorrow morning, right around 930 uh, Central Time. Uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson have what it takes to beat this Blue Bombers defense, Chris, or are they going to need Andrew Harris to be, uh, you know, freak of nature style uh, of, uh, you know, huge monster chip on his shoulder, payback type game against his former club? Well, I know it's a lot about 33 and his revenge factor against or coming back his former team, but uh, there's one thing I want to just, before I get into McLeod Bethel Thompson, I saw Baby Yoda made a comment saying, uh, I love you guys for coming on here. You guys in the chat board, God bless you all. Uh, but he was talking about that Toronto's good at home, but they're not that good on the road. Well, actually, baby Yoda, Toronto is six and three on the road. 
And Winnipeg is 7-2 and two on the road, so they match up pretty evenly away from their home stadium. I just want to correct that. But as far as McLeod, I think McLeod, if you look at the talent, a lot has been made about A.J. Uh, Alette. He's the guy that really got them cracker going uh, last time. I mean, he had the big little swing pass, took it down 30-something yards. Andrew Harris will be a huge factor just for the leadership. And I believe, you know, he's talking about now, and I thought that was really interesting that he said that, you know what, he wants to go out a winner. He's almost hinting that this could be the final, 35 years old, going to be a little older. Indeed. He said, you know what, this could be it. So is that the time, you know, is he going to have pull magic out of his hat and say, you know, you, you know, he's going to be, because he runs strong. He, listen, he hasn't, he's only played eight games. He's healthy now. He's fresh legs now. And he's been there before. So, I mean, that's the biggest thing. I mean, he's one with BC, he's one with Winnipeg. He's a guy. But then you look at the receiving crew. Listen, Brandon Banks was MOP a couple of years ago. He was one of those guys that, I mean, he was open all the time. Now, he has only caught, I think he's got what? Uh, four touchdowns, three over 30. Then you got Davaris Daniels, who I used to love when he played for Calgary. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a stud. Curly Gittins Jr. I love Curly. What a great name, Curly Gittins Jr. I mean, that guy, uh, you know, five touchdowns, four over 30. They've got guys that can do it, man. I'm telling you, Marquise Amble's another guy. Um, I, but you they have, have to talent. Have, huh? They got they have talent. talent. The thing is, you have to have the guy pulling the, you know, pulling the, you know, the leader of the orchestra. And I think we have two of the best. A guy that is OMOP, second time, you know, uh, Zach Kolaris. And then the guy that led the league in passing in Bethel, uh, you know, McLeod Bethel Thompson. 26 passes over 30 individually. Number one in the CFL. Number one pass attempts over 20 plus yards. This is McLeod. 4,731. Number one. I mean, uh, you know, he he's he's got some things. The biggest thing is, I think, last week, he did not turn the ball over. When they played the Bombers earlier in the year, he turned the ball over. And I, I say this every game. You know this well, DB. Any, any idiot can say this. You win the turnover battle, you got a great shot of winning the football game. Yeah. And the Bombers won it 4-1 to one the last time that Toronto played. And even though it was a close game, it eventually led, led to uh, the Bombers winning and going 4-0 at that time. So, yeah, I look at Toronto now. We'll go through the defense here, maybe in, in Toronto. You talked about the fact that Winton McManus is out. You know, he's their stud linebacker. Uh, you got Jonathan Jones there. You got Jamal Peters in the back corner there. Leads the league in interception, six. You got a rookie, Tavarius McFadden, over on the other side. Athletic, your uh, player, right? Yeah. So I mean, there's they got a lot. They have a lot of experience back there. Deshaun Amos, four years. Royce Mechie, four years. Shaq Richardson, five years. Jamal Peters, five years. And you got the rookie. So well, let let let's not mince words here, Chris. The Argos yeah. defense is their strength. It's not McLeod Bethel Thompson uh, leading the league in passing yards. It is the defense the reason why they won the East division and maybe not the reason why they won the East final against the Montreal Alouettes. The Alouettes defense did not look good in that game. It ended up being much more of a shootout than I think uh, many people expected, but it is the Argos defense that is their strength. It's what makes their team competitive 
and yep. good. Uh, Jagirid Davis, Sean Oakman, uh, Enoch Mwamba. Those are the guys that I am most um, maybe aware of on that defense with their front. You're right. Jamal Peters, Royce Mechie at safety uh, are, are good players, but we need to talk about it again. Losing Winton McManus, and I had somebody in the live chat mention, is the Argos losing Winton McManus like if the Bombers would be without Adam Big Hill? Yes and no. Yeah. He is not the middle linebacker like Adam Big Hill is. Of course, gotcha. the Blue Bombers shift gotcha. things around and do all different types of yeah. things. But he's the weak side linebacker. So, yes, he is going to be intimately involved in any sort of run game, uh, you know, off tackle to that weak side or between the tackles. So, for me, I think Brady Oliveira, even Nick Dembski, and the Blue Bombers offensive line have to take advantage of that weak side of the field, that short side of the field. Um, because losing yeah. Winton McManus is a huge, huge hit. In the opinion of many people, you maybe include Adam Big Hill, you include uh, Darnell Sankey, you include Cameron Judge, maybe um, uh, maybe uh, Jordan Williams in BC. Winton McManus could be the best linebacker in the CFL today, and he will not play on Sunday in the 109th Grey Cup. And you hit something that's really important. I mean, you talk about the fact that, you know, they lost Winton McManus. He's, a, you know, outside linebacker. And that's a huge thing, DB. You're right. But having said that, this Toronto Argonaut team would be in much dire straits if it was Hanak Mwamba. Because your middle linebacker is the guy that makes the defensive calls. He well, I think I think, I think if, if that was the case, they would just bump McManus over. Yeah, but it's still, he's there. You have to have a guy that understands it. And you mentioned sure. Adam Big Hill, same thing. Now we know yeah. Jesse Briggs played in the middle for Adam Big Hill in Winnipeg. But Adam Big Hill is, again, he's just, you know, the straw that stirs the drink of the defense. So, I mean, you look at that. And then I look at Moamba, who I thought had an outstanding year as well. They, they, they actually can play good. Now, Jones is 6'1, 220 out of Toledo. Um, he's supposed to be a heck of a cover guy, got some good wheels on him. He's going to need it because I agree with you. You do a wheel route with Brady Oliveira. You you know, put him in a situation where he's got to cover a Nick Dembski down the yeah. field, right? I mean, that puts better, that guy in a precarious situation. So he does not have experience. Yeah. It's the one thing you can't yeah. teach, Chris. Yeah. Well, maybe no, two things. You can't teach speed and you can't teach experience. He does not have much experience because he played on a linebacking core with two of the best in the league today with Mwamba and McManus. So for Jonathan Jones, I mean, he'll be wearing number 30. So you keep an eye out for him um, uh, on Sunday evening. Yeah. But uh, I really see this as a competitive advantage for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Winton McManus is legit. Like this is a star yeah. in this league today. And he oh, did yeah. not practice all week and will not play. It's a huge, huge well, bicep. Loss. He tore his bicep, I believe. So, I mean, that's done. I mean, if it was his arm. Maybe, but not his bicep. You're, you're basically, you know, and you're in a situation where you, you can't use your arm. Yeah, it's not going to well, work. And, and, and that leads to the Andrew Harris injury, right? It was a torn pec, yeah. right? Torn chest muscle. And for somebody that has always been hampered with calves or ankles or groins yeah. or quads or hamstrings, for an upper body injury to keep Andrew Harris out for 13 weeks, and then when he comes back, his first touch is in the East final and it's a touchdown for the Argos. His first yeah. touch in 13 weeks gets him into the end zone. Uh, he's probably been able to keep in very good shape from the chest down. 
and do a lot of the things um, that, that he would normally do to get his legs ready. For Harris, I'm not too concerned about a chest muscle and, and the, the, the arms being of any concern. He's going to yeah. be able to churn, churn, churn like he always does and, and play that physical style. So to flip it, to flip it the other way from what we've been talking about, Chris, for uh, Malik Clements, who is good to go after taking that cheap shot by Suk Chung on the final play in the West Final, Adam Big Hill, Jefferson, Jeff Coat, Jake Thomas, Cam Lawson, um, and um, uh, of course, oh, why am I blanking? Casey Sales, of course, uh, at defensive tackle. Uh, it's going to be a very concerted effort to ensure that if 33 is on the field, you're aware of him, and that if he has the ball, you don't let him get going. We remember the train that was Andrew Harris here in Winnipeg. Once it gets moving, it's very, very hard to stop. Well, he does a great job of breaking tackles. He spins. He's, he's the king of the spin move after contact. The other thing that people have to give him respect for, uh, one of the things that he doesn't get a lot of credit for, maybe he does, but uh, and that's his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, they like to use him on screens. Uh, you know, he caught a nice 30, 30-plus 30 yard screen last week against uh, Montreal. But I like the way he runs. And he's got a chip on his shoulder. Not against the Bombers so much, but maybe a little bit. But just he wants to go out and as I say this, on his, uh, in his mindset, he's like, this might be the last time I put a uniform on. I want to make it count. Now, Ouellette, there's a great comment by James Kudlovich. Yes, Ouellette is very dangerous. And I love the yes. way that kid plays football. He is a horse. Doesn't have the greatest speed, but boy, he'll run you over. He's one of those guys Sounds that like loves contact. Yeah, so I mean... That, I think that that's one thing that's really strengthened this Toronto team, and they're both good. Olette and Andrew Harris are great blockers, picking yeah. up the blitz. Huge against the Bombers because the Bombers love to bring everybody from the outside, and every time they bring an outside blitz, Adam Big Hill's coming up the middle. They want to push the, on the offensive line inside out and allow that outside guy to go. If they slid out to try and get that DB or whoever's coming from the outside, Big Hill's token at the A-gap. So uh, I think that uh, when you're talking about uh, Richie and, uh, you know, his, his defense, they're really picking on weaknesses. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just to answer this question uh, from T. Kona Pauly, uh, why wasn't Suk Chung fined for that late hit uh, to the blind side of, of Malik Clements in the West Final? He very well could be or already has been. They're not going to announce it during Grey Cup week and, and bring some sort of, you know, negative slant or, or angle to things. So maybe uh, keep an eye out for that in the week uh, ahead. Um, I want to talk to you about somebody, Chris, I am going to feature a little bit later here on the channel. For all of you out there watching, keep it locked. Super Saturday here in the Grey Cup City continues after Chris and I wrap up game day Winnipeg, uh, I have got a feature ready to go on um, uh, or that I'm working on on Brady Oliveira. Plain and simple, Chris, the way the first month of the season went oh, yeah. to where the last month of the season has gone yeah. for Brady Oliveira for the offensive line in the run game. It's almost like night and day you mentioned that 30 something yard performance against the Argos back in July. Yeah. That's almost, it almost feels like a, a, a season ago or a career ago, Brady Oliveira and the blue bombers run attack is firing on all cylinders. And every time I see number 20, touch the ball, I see a tailback that is running as hard as Andrew Harris ever ran yeah. 
as physical as Andrew Harris ever ran and as effectively as Andrew Harris ever ran. Is he Andrew Harris? No. Andrew Harris is Andrew Harris, and he will be in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Brady Oliveira has a long way to go, but boy, does it look like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers made the right decision in the long scope of things in saying it's time to pass the torch. Let's move on from 33 and give this thing to Brady Oliveira, the next great Winnipeg running back yeah. for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We talked about this in the beginning of the year that it ha- it's it's working as chemistry, as continuity with that offense line. It's the ability to hit that hole. It's not the stutter step. It's to go north-south 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, in his defense, he only carried the ball seven times in the game that uh, they played against Toronto. Last week, 20 for 130 yards, 6.5-yard average. Absolutely. He's been a beast to back end of the season. I fully expect Brady Oliveira to be a beast tomorrow against Toronto. They have to establish the run. I think they got to establish one for one, for one or two reasons. One, to keep Toronto guessing what they're going to do and run that play action. And two, to take the pressure off Zach Kolaris. We talked about Zach, and I know it's going to be a, to the day, to, all the way to up to game time. I can tell you the panel on TSN is going to talk it to death. But they're going to say, is Zach he's healthy? He's fine. I know he's, he's fine. fine. So, well, yeah, you know what? You know, I, I found it interesting today because he was talking about trying to put his uh, younger daughter to bed. And that's the thing we talked about. Not that he would ever say it's distraction, but it's just this is one of the things that makes the Grey Cup week so different, right? Your family's there. You're going out for you're going out for uh, dinner. Uh, I found it interesting. They were talking about McLeod Bethel Thompson was at the award ceremony. He didn't even look up. He had his he had his iPad, and he was studying the bomber defense. He said, "I can't take you know two three hours off here." I'm gonna. Right. So I thought that was cool, and I, I, I got. Well, hey, you know, it's it, it, it's McLeod Bethel Thompson against the world. He has to shock the Canadian yeah, Football shock. League I, I, and go I, out there on Sunday I, and and try to knock off, as I described them, the, the kings of the castle. Right now, you got to yes. stop the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and their defense with Jeff Coat and Jefferson yeah. and Big Hill and, and Brandon Alexander and like Dietrich Nichols finally getting the recognition you and I and Zach Schnitzer have been talking about here on Bonfire all season long. Good Dietrich Nichols is. McLeod oh, yeah. Thompson is like David Goliath, if you want to call it that, but he's not David. He is a perennial passing leader in the Canadian Football League. If Winnipeg allows Bethel Thompson and the Argos pass game to get behind them and you start seeing yeah. some chunk plays that makes them play on their heels a little bit from yeah. one snap to the next, the game could change wildly, Chris, but but good on McLeod Bethel Thompson. This is a huge opportunity for him. Yeah. Nobody will be saying he's the best, worst quarterback or the worst, good quarterback in the CFL. They'll be saying I never said that anyway. he's the guy that beat the Bombers in the Grey Cup. I am. I have been since day two. And I know I should say day one, but I'll say day two. I just like the way it sounds. That McLeod Bethel Thompson, to me, is the most underrated quarterback uh, yeah, Bobby has been driving the Dietrich train all day. I think he washes his car too, but yeah, I, I, I like McLeod. I mean, I think that this guy, I, you watch his, watch his arm. It's so strong. He's a big guy. This guy's six, four. He's well, he a bounced big around the tall. NFL for like the better part of a decade. He's been around everywhere. I think that he said he was with 10 teams. Like he's had the, 
like this whole, you know, roller coaster ride of going in. He was in a number of, uh, you know, NFL teams for a cup of coffee and then moving around and coming back. And he finally found a home here in Toronto. And then he was a backup. And now he gets an opportunity to be the man. And that's what I think that's the biggest thing. I think Ryan Dinwiddie, the Toronto head coach, made him and said, you know what? Enough of this game. We're going to ride you, Bethel. You take us to the promised land or there's somebody else will. And he did. I mean, they yeah. ended up 12 and six. Uh, or not 12 and six. Well, yeah, they were 12 and six. Exactly. Sorry. Uh, first place in well, the I, East. Well, what I really like this comment from, yeah, from Patrick Adamick that says Richie Hall, the Blue Bombers defensive coordinator, of course, yes. is a brilliant mind. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Richie Hall will give the Argos fits with his in-game adjustments. That's one thing uh, that people don't talk a lot about on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers is their breadth and depth of experience from their coaching staff. Now, Buck Pierce hasn't been an OC very long, but he was a sponge, clearly, when being the understudy of Paul Apolise in his time here in Winnipeg, because Buck looks masterful. But on Sunday, Chris, Richie Hall's defense is going to be probably throwing things at McLeod Bethel Thompson that he hasn't seen. He could sit on that iPad for three hours during the award show all he wants, but that's to prepare for what's, probably going to happen but also yeah. what's probably going to happen is winnipeg will be doing something different i want to share a story with you i learned earlier this year okay the winnipeg okay. blue bombers went into edmonton early this season zach Kolaris didn't play very well i think he was like 43 percent. he had like only a handful of, of completions the bombers kind of played a, a flat football game but they beat the edmonton elks the next week, they had to go face the Calgary Stampeders at McMahon Stadium. And the Blue Bombers team that came out that day looked like night and day from the team that was a week before. And you know what? I had people tell me, had a conversation. They said, it's like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers had an entirely different playbook, offense, defense, special teams, than what they showed against the Edmonton Elks the week before. It's the ultimate cloak and dagger. They played possum against Edmonton, in my opinion, and then went out, and Calgary did not know what was going on when the Winnipeg Blue Bombers were on their home turf, and Winnipeg put the boots to Calgary. Yeah. It helped them sweep the three-game season series with Calgary, and then, you know, essentially put them uh, out of the possibility of hosting a home playoff game. The blue bombers are masters at scheme and game planning. And you know, this Chris with no games left in the season, you dig deep into the back chapters of the playbook on offense, defense, and special teams. Yeah. And you throw it at your opponent and try to find a way to gain a slight edge from play to play. You throw a few wrinkles in there. Let's not get too carried away here. I'm not saying they're going to always... do everything new. You're going to run what's got you to the dance. They're going to play the plays. That's what's going to happen. I mean, you look at Toronto, you look at, and uh, yeah. Are they going to see something different? Both sides will. Both sides for sure. But having said that, they still have the base tendencies that, that teams will look at. If I mean, running the football, both teams run the football. Where, where do they like to run the football? Is it more of a sweep? Is it more off tackle? Is it more up the gut? Those are tendencies. Those are tendencies that if they've had success, they're going to do that. Whatever Toronto did, even though they went back to that July 4th film, and the July 4th film, as far as I'm concerned, against Toronto is garbage. It's garbage. 
They had no, the offensive line was all in disarray. They were putting guys, plug and play in them all over the place. They had no continuity. So I, I, as far as I'm concerned, I would take the July 4th tape and use it for kindling. But I think that they will look at this, this uh, bomber defense and they'll say, okay, what did BC do that got some opportunities? And that's mm-hmm. where they find wrinkles. They, cause everybody steals everybody else's plays. If something works, you're not going to say, yeah, we don't want to run that. You know what? Big deal. Yeah. They scored a couple of touchdowns, but we're going to stay with our own game plan. You know what? You're going to stick with the base, but you're going to put some other stuff in there. So you're right in that part. Yeah. Like uh, to me, championship football games are the most fascinating football games you can have because you have nothing to lose as much as you have everything on the line. So uh, strategy in-game, you know, uh, strategy and and, uh, decision-making by the coaches. Uh, Everything is elevated because it's going to be, you know, an exchange of the Argos making plays and the Blue Bombers making plays and whoever ends up on the positive side of the ledger at the end of it will come out victorious. And of course, then you could have something wild and wacky happen. We've seen the 13th man. We've seen uh, crazy overtimes and, and all that sort of thing. Uh, as recently as, as last year uh, with the Blue Bombers beating the Ticats uh, on their own turf. But what I want your opinion on, Chris, is um, this, this is not just another great cup for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. It is. It is just another game if you ask anybody in that organization because that is their mantra, that is their MO, their mission objective, their Mike O'Shea, their MO is one game at a time and then focus on the task at hand. But for us on the outside looking in and looking at the entire landscape of the CFL today and the CFL through history, and this is why I want your opinion, Chris, because you are a Canadian Football Hall of Famer. You are the greatest Canadian offensive lineman in the history of this game. I think you're probably going to have 66 up on that ring of honor next to you soon as the greatest American offensive lineman to ever play in the CFL. And Stanley Bryant, of course, coming home with the hardware uh, record fourth time. uh, He is the the best right now. And I'll I'll be honest with you. Listen, when you're talking about all this stuff, and I I think... Let me get uh, to my question. uh, What was your question? My question is, do you put the Winnipeg Blue Bombers quarterback, Zach Kolaris, in the same conversation as the CFL greats, if he can lead this yeah. team yeah. to a third Absolutely. straight great Absolutely. 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 I mean, the number one guy in my that I got a chance to play, and I hated playing him, was, uh, you know, you talk about the Doggy Flutie. Uh, Flute, he was just that. He was always, like, just so smart. Uh, and he was just, again, not a guy – by big stature or size wise, but in above the shoulders between the ears, one of the smartest quarterbacks I've ever seen. I mean, I remember a game we were playing and he was playing for Calgary and we thought we were going to win. And he just took a quarterback sneak and took it for a touchdown and beat us. He, we played him in 92 in the, in the uh, great cup. Uh, you know, he just Johnny Huffnagel, who was a quarterback with me, uh, was the offensive coordinator back then. And he, he just said, toss the ball. And let the receivers go, and they did. And we had the number, we had the great defense, Vaughn Booker, Stan Mickle. We had guys who were studs. So anything can happen. And this is why it comes down to one game. It's who makes the less, least mistakes that's going to come out on top. And mistakes usually lead to turnovers. I'll say one thing. You watch that kicker. They got that Aussie kicker, Johnny Haggerty, out of Australia. You know, mate, 
He likes to kick the ball a little bit different, right? He might get a bounce in a craze. But you know what the problem is? He he had a terrible game last week. He averaged 27. He had that pooch punt. They were lucky they recovered right. the ball after the next play. But that Aussie, man, he could kick a ball, mate. I'm telling you. Hey, he had a few points. Well, see, you, you get you in a, in a bucket hat, and it's like you're in the outback. How many outback, man? We'll have a cool one later. <laughs> the only outback you've we'll been wrestle, to is an outback steakhouse. Go to wrestle some gators. That's some fun. <laughs> you call that a knife? Um, <laughs> yeah, call that, that's right. What, Crocodile is, Dundee still might be a classic. But, but, I, but, but here's yeah, the thing, Chris. Doug yeah, Flutie cool. has, like, we shouldn't have the conversation about an active player being compared to directly to the legends of our game. The Warren Moons, the Ron Lancasters, the Doug Fluties. Um, he fits right in. No, no, it's coming. But it's he does fit right in. He, he's in that conversation. Yeah. I'm not, not saying to them directly, but I do want to raise this point. Zach Kolaris enters Sunday undefeated as a quarterback in Grey Cup games. Yeah. Mike O'Shea enters Sunday undefeated as a player, as a coordinator, and as a head coach. You know what? I did not you combine know that. these two. What's that? I did not know the Michael Shea thing. That was pretty good. Yeah, he has never lost uh, a great cup as a player or a coach. So this all adds together. Like, like let's let's put it plainly here, Chris. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers are expected to win on Sunday. And I'm not talking about the odds makers. Yeah, you can head over to SIA.com slash bonfire. Get a nice bonus. Uh, use that exclusive link, SIA.com slash bonfire uh you'll get a nice 100 bonus still lots of time and you can put a little sprinkle uh, on the game one of my favorite things to do is to bet on the winning margin like one to six points or uh seven to 12 points yeah. for the argos for the bombers go have some fun and uh enjoy responsibly of course but i'm not talking about the odds makers chris yeah i'm talking about where the winnipeg blue bombers are today as a franchise how well they've played this year, yes. how consistent and solid the organization is, the coaching, the culture, the players. They are as healthy as they have ever been this season. And in the end, everybody expects them to win yeah. because this would put the third jewel in the crown and make this officially a dynasty. And I think Winnipeg... Yeah. Um, is the type of team that should be described as a dynasty. They just got to go out on Sunday and go get the job done. Yeah, I think you're right there, DB. I think the biggest thing is it will be crushing, crushing to the Bomber organization, as you say, with the health they have on their roster, with their record of 15 and three. The fact that, you know, they're undefeated, as you mentioned with, uh, with Zach, and, uh, and, and obviously the big thing, and I'm glad you pointed it out with Coach O'Shea, who was, again, the second uh, – he run, I guess he won twice in a row, two coach of the year, who's obviously going to get a nice little paycheck when he goes and extends his contract. But, yeah, I, I, I just think that all the cards, no matter how I play them, favor the Bombers. But then I've seen this happen too many times when you think it's just you can't lose and something happens. And it's who's hottest at the right time, who's playing good football at the right time. And right now I'm telling you, both of these guys, listen, you saw the BC game. Zach was very fortunate that two balls didn't get picked off. And I'm not picking on Zach. I mean, it was just, you know, one of those things, right? He's human. <laughs> but he's human, exactly. 
Now, if I'm Toronto, what's the first thing I'm doing? I am not going to let that man get comfortable. I got to go after Zach. I got to make Zach run around. Let's see how his ankle is. And I, I guarantee it's not going to be a factor. But having said that, let's make him move around. Let's get some hits on him. You know, uh, that's that's a big thing. Um, and then you're talking about throwing into the wind. Who's got a, you know, Zach, is he going to do a lot more screens into the wind? As you say, 50K affects that deep ball, brother. You know, you can't really go deep because it'll get hung up in the air which, you know, gives a chance for an interception or a pick the other way. So, yeah, I think it'll be uh, – it, it, all the intangibles make me lean toward the Bombers. The mm-hmm. fear factor of, man, we can't – and I know nobody's even putting it back in their mind because you don't go into a game saying, what if? You go there, we will. That's total mindset, right? And I was well, listening and- to what – Drew Wolotarski talking about how he's doing his mantra. He's going to go and do some meditation play visualization some yeah motivation and, and a lot of guys do this they say mentally you play the game in your head you play the things you're going to do to help that team win and that's a big thing so well like larry ward says uh on youtube and what's up larry everybody out there thanks for joining hey, us man. get down to the video below give us a thumbs up and uh tell a friend to uh, check out the pregame before the 109th game on uh sunday but Larry says, so is this a trap game? I replied to him in the live chat. Every championship game is a trap game, right? But Comet says, maybe the pressure will get to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. To this, and I know you'll agree with me, Chris, there is no way with how this team is coached and how the leadership of this team keeps their teammates in check, there is no way pressure is going to get to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I've been saying it for months. That if anything less than a Grey Cup championship is the end result for Winnipeg in 2022, it's a catastrophic failure of the season. Everybody's expected them to win from day one. And the reason everyone's expected them to win is because of how tight the screws are in their mental, how focused they are, how uh, engaged they are into the work and just the task at hand. I don't see the pressure getting to a team that is so focused on this is what we got to do today for the next three hours, then tonight for rest or recovery or or physical therapy or whatever. And then tomorrow, this is our job. They don't think about, oh, we're going to go, we're going to get another ring. We're going to do that. That's not this team. This team is business and family. I mean, I I agree to a point, but I think that, uh, there's always going to be. You think a, the pressure will get to him? No, I I don't think the pressure. But I, I want to say this: nerves. This is the biggest game, biggest stage. You're going out there. You got you know you're going to play for the one game, take it all for the championship. Forget the money. You know I think it's what seventeen grand to win or something like that. It's about the ring. It's about the legacy. It's about the dynasty. But the nerves. You'll think about it because you'll sit, guys. I mean, I used to see everybody just rocking in the locker room, rocking in the locker room. And you're listening, and it's almost it's so dead quiet. Music goes, and then about 10 minutes after, we used to, or 10 minutes before we go out, it was dead quiet. And all I could hear was the clock, tick-tock, tick-tock. And you'd start looking at it and going, wow. almost there, almost there, almost there, almost there. And then you have to make sure you control your emotions. Because you come out of a tunnel, you're all freaking crazy. You're jacked up to the sky. Let's get going. And that's where the game is different. That's where it gets different. So you got to calm yourself down. And somebody said it. I think Brady Oliveira said it. It when you basically after the kickoff, it's just another football game. That's all it is. 
And that's a 25-year-old saying that. So He's a good if kid. If a 25-year-old can be that, that um, grounded and, and that mature about it all, oh, you've you got to believe everybody on that team is. Um, Chris, that, that's been a knock on the Toronto Argonauts this season is that yeah. they can get a little too high. They can get a little low. They are inconsistent. And, yeah, you know, Ryan did what he was, the East Division uh, nominee for Coach of the Year. If it was the top two coaches in the league as nominees, I don't know if Dinwiddie would would be in the running. Um, you know, you look at Rick Campbell, you look at uh, Dave Dickinson, and and you know some of the other coaches in the league. I think maybe more deserving. However, all due respect, of course, but the Argos have shown inconsistency this season. Yeah. They go into BC and they got absolutely manhandled by Nathan Rourke and the BC Lions early in the year. Like they got blown out, 50 burger, whatever it was, doesn't matter. It's because they got down and then they stayed down. The Blue Bombers don't have that problem. They stay oh, even keeled, that focus, that, that mental fortitude, all that. But this Argos team has shown last year, this year, they get a little bit loose. They get a little bit wild. And I think, um, you know, the, the kids run the playground and story, the kids run the kindergarten instead of the, the other way around for, you know, lack of a, a much better metaphor. But um, I think this is no. something Winnipeg can take advantage of. That's why I wonder, yes. maybe Winnipeg does want the ball first. Go punch no. him in the mouth, yeah. control the clock, go have an eight minute drive with a lot of Oliveira and Dembski in the run game. And, get Toronto down and, and thinking, okay, we got an, a hill to climb right from the start. Well, that's one scenario. And again, we could, we can debate that till, uh, you know, the cows come home, but uh, I think the biggest thing, and I think Andrew hit it on the head, Andrew, great comment, uh, up on the chat board there. Um, the, the, the penalties are huge. Now Toronto did Toronto took, I think they had two penalties last week. Uh, so the least amount of penalties they've taken all year. This is a team number seven of penalties, taking over 155. And conversely, the Bombers are number one, taking the least amount of penalties. And I love your comment because Toronto has a tendency to, what do you call, uh, combust. Uh, they, they blow up. When things don't yeah. go, start going their way, they start, as you say, pointing fingers, start losing their temper on the sidelines. Uh, then they start taking stupid penalties. And it becomes a game where they should stay focused and they can't. And that is, to me, the difference between a team that wins and a team that loses. O'Shea has these guys knowing that penalties will kill you. You cannot take stupid penalties. You cannot take, forgive me for saying this, selfish penalties where you get involved in the game one-on-one against somebody and you forget about the team, but you're just going to do your own thing. That's not how you win a football game. So, yeah. And Craig Smith, God bless you, brother. He's uh, right. Penalties will kill you. So that's the thing. So uh, well, like Jim Miller says, the, the, the Trump card is that the Argos have nothing to lose. I would argue the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have nothing to lose either. That's their general yeah. mental approach. No, every funny. game. When, when you don't worry about what has happened, if you're down 21, nothing, you just go out there and you try to win the play, win the snap, then win the drive, win the quarter, win the game. Uh, I don't think it matters if, if a team says, well, we, we got nothing to lose. We got to put it all out on the field. That's pro sports. No, no, you have to have that approach. No, you don't even think about that word. That doesn't come in your vocabulary. That's what I mean. Yeah. Nobody says I have nothing to lose. You know what I say? We have, we have just to got to take a player game. The bombers to your point a, a while back here. The thing is they can come back from behind. I don't think Toronto can. Uh, I think Toronto's one of those teams that's gonna they're gonna struggle if they get down early. 
But I'll say this, the Bombers are resilient. They just find ways to come back in a game. They make plays when they have to make plays, uh, whether it be offense, defense, special teams. We haven't even talked about Janarian Grant, who could just be a game-breaker himself. I mean, Mm -hmm. four touchdowns. Um, You know, the guy is just one of those guys. Now, the Argos are pretty good on their cover teams. They're pretty good. Uh, But do they have a guy that can uh, return the ball like – I mean, Brandon Banks took that little missed field goal on his own. And, uh, you know, made a big chunk of yardage back for the Argos, got him out of a hole. But really, I don't see anybody that blows my mind as returning as far as the Argos. When I look at Janarian, I go, man, that guy is just, you give him a crease, he's gone. And he yeah. might be the big difference maker in this game. Because we talked about wind. We talk about having the wind behind you. But you also have to understand, field position is huge. It's huge. You do not want to be in the shadow of your goal goalpost starting a drive, especially into the wind, where you got to start playing that stupid game. Do I concede two points if I can't get the ball out and I got to kick for my end zone? So that's my rant. I want to ask. <laughs> I want to ask everybody out there right now to get into the live chat. Give me your key to a blue bomber victory. Do it right now, uh, and yeah, uh, we'll get through some of the the best ones there. Chris, let's talk about the storyline that was really dominated the entire Grey Cup week here in Regina. That is the health of Zach Kolaris. Uh, I'm sure, I know for a fact, you've played in games where all week long you were ailing with something. When it's your foot, when it's a, a thing that you cannot ignore, every single step you take, what do you do to prepare mentally? to play through that pain, to play through that limitation, even if it's just a slight limitation of, you know, like a tweak of pain or maybe not the same flexibility or strength or burst that you normally have. I think you're, 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 there's two different kinds. For an offensive line, a lot of times it's your fingers. Your, you know, your fingers get caught. You break your fingers a couple of times. I mean, you know that I've broken all, I've, I've, seen I've, your hands, brother. Oh, I've broken man. every bone in my body. You know, you can see that. Uh, but having said that, you just tape them together, you go. But it does affect you mentally a little bit. But once you're in a game, you don't worry about it anymore. You just got to do what you got to do. And that's the mentality. I think it's different when you have a lower body injury. If I'm an old lineman and I got a bit of a hammer or I got a calf cramp or I got What's an ankle and I can't get hamstring. Oh, okay. Hamstring. I thought you were talking about your third but, leg there for a second. Oh, I wish. I'd be in the movies. I wouldn't be doing this with you. I'd be in the movies. I'd be in the movies. Yeah, me and Johnny Holmes. Uh, No. So, yeah, I think, you know, an ankle is, for an old lineman, if you can't push off, you're you're messed up. Now, a quarterback's different. A quarterback's got to be mobile. But I still think because of the way he's moving around, I watched him in the, you know, in the, the, uh, I guess, the practice yesterday. Uh, He looks good. Uh, Again, it's one of those things. Uh, you'll, they'll spat him up like crazy and maybe he'll take oh, a yeah. shot in the ankle to kill the pain. Uh, it's going to be pivotal, pivotal, pivotal. No, it's a better word. Pivotal that you keep him standing up. You keep him from getting the big shot. Uh, cause if he goes out, then you got to go with Drew Brown or Dakota Prukoff who are both capable, but they're Things not. Things could sad. be worse. Things could uh, be no, worse. I, I, we have players. two of the best. And I, and I said this, uh, in a couple of podcasts before, uh, don't don't expect to see Dakota Prukoff here next year. I think Drew will be here, really? but I don't think Dakota. I think Dakota's going to be. He wants to be a starter. Nobody wants to be sitting on sidelines. 
I think he's going to. You know what? Dakota Prukup is that said. No, no, I totally hear you, and and don't disagree necessarily. But where I well, I will say is Dakota Prukup has been in the league for a long time, and if there's a team that wants to give him three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars, four hundred thousand dollars to be a, a starter, all the power to him, and he should take that opportunity. I just don't see it there. Well, you know, a lot of times you don't have to give a guy coming from third string all that kind of money unless he's put up some crazy numbers. But you could make it an, an incentive clause or clause contract where, you know, you, you play 50% of snaps. So you mean put him in a situation where he can compete for a starting right. job. Maybe he joins Vernon Adams Jr. in the BC Lions. Maybe he joins Trevor Harris in the Montreal Alouettes. Look at any professional athlete, TB. You don't come on his planet to play this game to be a backup. Bo Levi Mitchell said it the best. I don't want to be a backup. I'm here to be a starter. I know what I can do now. Obviously, he's done it, but still, he's. I see all the pictures with him and Hamilton uh, fans and Saskatchewan fans at the Great Cup, and he's doing some work with TSN now. I saw him, uh, and he does a good job. He's very well spoken. Again, it's a blood, another another pretty face, another bloody pretty face on the panel, but no, no O lineman, no lineman. Period, which is Miss absolutely, Schultz, and I'm going to say it here, bullshit. Because we miss Schultze. We miss Schultze. Schultze was great, but yeah, yeah. at least you got a line. I mean, I get so pissed off when I watch a game now and they'll show a quarterback get racked and they'll go, well, they go to, well, the receiver ran this route. Well, I don't give a shite about what the receiver did. Show me how the guy got beat or show me what the D lineman did great or what the offensive line did great. Especially when yeah. you got a line like the Bombers have. Show me the blocking schemes. Show me how they go double team and pick up a linebacker. Man, I tell you, one of the things that I, I, and I'll say this, and I don't care who's on TSN, I, I just think they do a, they don't do a good enough job. I used to have a camera dedicated to me on CBC. Come back to the mic. Come back to the mic. I had a camera, buddy, dedicated to me on CBC that all I did was I say, put it on that guy, put it on that line, show me this linebacker so you can pick up stuff. We don't get to see the real meat and potatoes. They talk about it all the time. Oh, the battle will be won in the trenches. But let's show the pretty boys. Let's show the quarterback, throw the ball 100 times. We'll repeat it. No, the quarterbacks are your main guys, and they are the highest paid, so they should get some TV time. But, you know, give some love to the other boys. Give some love to the O&D line. Oh, baby. That's my second round of the day. Well, hey, you know, you got me firmly in your school of thought through our seven years of, of doing pre- and post-game uh, on TSN Radio, Chris. I, I couldn't agree more. Wider shot of the field, seeing what's happening yeah. in the trenches, seeing the receivers battle with DBs instead of just focusing on a quarterback in the pocket. I, I would like to see more of that video game style uh, of view during the game so you can see, yeah, the quarterback and pressure, but you can also see the receivers and, and those things open up. Uh, yeah. That all said, I'm, I'm curious of how much Dakota Prukop we see in the Grey Cup. Um, not just in the short yardage, but maybe a little bit of creativity, yep. a little bit more than we have seen this year. You know, the, the goal line package the Blue Bombers have is off the charts good. They know how to move the pile two, three yards. They know how to get it into the end zone. They know how to pick, pick up a first down uh, with, with two yards and a pile of dust, or maybe on Sunday, uh, a wisp of snow. Uh, yeah. But... For Dakota Prukop, the way he can stay in a game, the way he can pick up that first down, stay in on first down, run a yeah. traditional pass play, hand it off, run it himself, do all of those things, 
Drew Brown, Zach Kolaris. You can have two quarterbacks on the field this year. We've seen some other teams do it. We have not seen the Winnipeg Blue Bombers do it. When I was talking about digging into those deeper chapters of the playbook, you might want to pull something like that out in a game where it's win, lose, or go home no matter what, um, just to, uh, you know, see if you can get a little magic happening. I think Prukop is, is a great little weapon to have. Yeah, I mean, he's, he, I mean, I don't think the Bombers, <clears throat> if I'm, I'm pretty sure 100%, the Bombers have not turned the ball over once on downs as far as third and, uh, third and short. I will say this, though, the Bombers and the Argos have both pulled that third and one, and they pulled the ball instead of handing off and throwing it deep. Prukop hit Dembski for a huge play. And last week, the Montreal game, the Argos, Chad Kelly comes in third and one, or it might have been second and one, and he hits Daveris Daniels wide open. Nobody picks him up. Next thing you know, it's a touchdown. Big play. And those are plays that break the back of the opposition. So to me, yeah, uh, I expect everything. And to go to your point you said earlier in this podcast, I think you're going to see some some stuff. And that's why I said I would not be surprised to see two quarterbacks in, one rolls out, throws back to the other quarterback or throws back to somebody. And uh, maybe Zach takes it for 60 yards and everybody says, his ankle looks pretty good. So, you know yeah. what I mean? All right. Yeah. No, I, I think Zach Kolaris is going to quickly put a lot of the conversation to bed once he gets out there on the field in the first quarter. And like in watching practice yesterday, Chris, the Blue Bombers are on the field for, I don't know, 95 minutes, an hour 40, something like that. Uh, and as practice went on, you saw Kolaris do a little bit more take a few more steps in doing those rollouts. Like there was lots of, uh, you know, stuff on social media of, of Kolaris rolling out and throwing the football and they were trying him to the left and trying him to the right. And he was, he was just kind of having fun out there really. Yeah. You know, they did their regular offensive plays and, and that sort of thing. And, and, you know, fully effective as always, Yeah, but it was between those sessions where he was just kind of fun, just, just having fun, you know, running around, Truly running around and throwing the football. And as practice went on, as it progressed, to me, Kolaris looked more loose, more comfortable uh, than uh, he did when he started. Yeah, the weather, the cold, things can get tight, things can get kind of uh, rigid. But as he loosened up, like we saw from Nathan Rourke in the West semifinal, yeah. maybe a little bit in the West final, but definitely in the West semifinal, was, uh, you know, as the game goes on, as practice went on, he just looked more loose and like himself. This tells me that it's probably a little bit of a pain issue. It's probably a little bit of, um, you know, stiffness, but this is not something that is going to limit him from doing what he needs to do. Is he going to take off for a 50 yard touchdown? I mean, if, if the, the red sea parts take the walk, but, I think Zach Kolaris is going to be able to do all of the things that he does and the things that he does well. Um, the, the Argos are going to have their hands full because I don't see the Blue Bombers quarterback as limited. No, and it's interesting you talk about pregame practice, day before practice. We used to always watch because it doesn't matter. You got to still run your plays, right? You run a, a, a semblance of plays, and they're always worried about people scouting you. Uh, you know, we used to have guys, we wouldn't let anybody sit in the stands because we were scared. They had a camera. They're maybe filming some of our stuff. And now with smartphones, you can do it so quick and be undetected. The second thing we used to do uh, is we'd run fake plays. Plays were never going to run. 
just to give them, if there was anybody watching us, something to say. Oh, we better prepare for that. And I saw the comment here about Willie J uh, as, a, as a wide receiver. Uh, you know, he's got great hands. He's six foot seven. He's got a wingspan, uh, you know, that goes from, uh, you know, basically Nepo out of Winnipeg. So, I mean, he can get it done. So, I mean, uh, but you're not going to see that at a big game unless the game gets out of control yeah. and the Bombers have a big lead. Then they can have some fun. But, yeah, there's a lot of things you can do to kind of offset guys studying you and they know what's going on. It's it's crazy, man. It's it's uh, like right now they're off the field. Uh, as I said, they're going to have a meal. They'll get together, have a meeting, one more meeting, and that's it. That's it. You shake hands with your boys. You try and sleep tonight. That's a big thing too. You'll try and sleep. Maybe they'll watch the Jet game, or I don't know if the Jets are on in, in Saskatchewan. But oh yeah, uh, well they're watching. Just get your mind off it, because otherwise yeah. you just go jack crazy. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I mean, uh, I think the I'm sure a lot of those out. American guys are going to be watching NBA games tonight. Oh, that's true. There you go. Basketball and the Canadian boys will be watching the Jets and the Penguins. Well, there yeah. you go. That's all right. Well, so as as Saturday continues here in the Great Cup City, Chris, the festival and uh, the fans, everything ramps up on Saturday for Sunday's big event. Yep. The media and especially the players and the teams, everything's down. It's like as the fans go up, the the media and and the teams especially come down and it's about settling in getting focused and the task is at hand all of the work is done all of the preparation is complete and it's about now the mentality and the focus of what you need to do tonight sleeping resting getting your body ready waking up tomorrow doing those same things and going out there when we see kickoff just after five o'clock central time from Mosaic stadium on that note, Chris, I want your keys to the game critical for the blue bombers to in the 109th gray cup against the Toronto Argonauts. So they can punch their ticket to a third straight ring and a dynasty here in Winnipeg. Okay. Well, I'm going to go. There's four to have the most this, uh, this game because it's the biggest game. For me on special teams, it's be smart and productive on special team. Win the field position battle. Two, protect the football. Do not turn over the football. The team with the less turnovers usually wins the game. Three, prevent the big back-breaking plays, offensively, defensively. And four, Bombers, good first down production. Allow to use the majority of your playbook. Get second and short. Let you do that. It opens up the playbook. And uh, all this will lead to a nice dynasty. Three great cups in a row. The Bombers, who got some ginormous rings already. For love of God. I love the rings. You got you got some jewelry envy. Oh, my God. You should, my, uh, you should see the uh, – you're talking about these rings. I don't know what they give for the uh, outstanding linemen. Um, I know that we used to have a – Lyman of the year thing for CFLPA, and I won that a couple of times. Got a nice ring. I won the Shenley in '87, and it's a pinky ring that doesn't even fit on my finger. I mean, and now I think they're <laughs> nice and diamonds. And I even the Bomber alumni, if you get inducted into the Hall of Fame and the Bombers now, they get beautiful rings. We got a picture, a pi like I need more pictures of myself. You know, the wife's like, hey, You got a shrine in here, buddy. I said, Yeah, I know. So 
anyway, that's my that's my third rant of the day. Well, as Patrick Adamant says it, Bluto's three keys are always bang on. That's why you keep coming back here, yeah. uh, fire starters to Bonfire Sports and Game Day Winnipeg. So more to come here on the channel throughout Super Saturday here at Grey Cup uh 109 in Regina. Sunday is game day. We will have post-game coverage and more special stuff in the days uh, and hours, frankly, after the 109th Grey Cup win, lose, or draw. Uh, there won't be a draw, though. There will be a winner uh, hoisting the mug for a 109th time in this league's history. Chris, big thanks to you, man. Hey. Uh, I know you're going to be tuning in for the game, and then yep. right back here on Bonfire Sports, you're going to be watching me and Zach do game day after dark. Uh, we're going to have a blast, as we always do, and uh, always great to get your perspective. I know everybody out there appreciates um, what you do here uh, on Bonfire Sports. We've done this nobody for, they'd rather listen to before a great cup. We have done this for a number of years. I think we did six years at TSN. We've done this a couple of years now. I will say this. This is only going to get bigger and better. Bonfire Sports is going to be huge. I mean, it's getting better. We're getting great guys like Shannon's involved with us right now. We're, we're going to work on getting some other great sponsors. And I think they'll they'll understand it. When you have a good product, you want to put your name on it, you want to sponsor it. So uh, great to work with DB again. I'm sure we'll talk next week. Uh, and other than that, enjoy the game, DB. Have fun. Uh, get some rest. And uh, enjoy the game, I guess, to everybody who's out there. I wish I could come out there and see you guys. I know it's a great time. Saskatchewan does a phenomenal Regina, the whole city of, or the whole province does a great job of hosting. Um, I've had the fortune, good fortune of being there. They're going to throw it. It's, it's going to be a crazy. Now it's getting crazy. You think about it today, Saturday night, baby. Oh yeah. This is where it gets nuts. And then you get to go to the game yeah. and you got, you got, you can wake up, you can you know, treat that hangover with a couple of cold barleys in the morning and get ready to go. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case anymore, man. Uh, how about, this isn't the 1990 great cup. Yeah. How about Qatar? They're not allowing any liquor. You hear what that? Hey, that's why our game's better. It's a religious thing there, but yeah. So obviously I wouldn't be playing. Well, hey, no, no, it, it just comes down to this, Chris. This is the real football. This is the better football right, right here. Try to, you know, change well, I will my say mind. This. Good luck. I will say this in ending. Canada plays Croatia tomorrow. And I know we have, my wife is Croatian. Well, there's a lot of Croatian people going to watch that game at the Villa, I think, here. Um, I'm going for Canada, obviously. Uh, so, but it's going to be fun. I, I love watching soccer. I mean, you know what? Am I, 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 obviously, I love football, DB. Another thing that I love, I rugby. That. Love watching rugby. Love watching that. That's such a tough game. And then yeah. I know your number one thing is figure skating, which I think is beautiful, you know? <laughs> one more Hard shot on ice, to the baby. gut before I go. <laughs> hey, make sure you bring me those coalies. Next year, probably next week. There they all, there they all I are. I know, you got to bring me some, man. You know I want to try that stuff. Thanks to Rebellion and uh, Pile of Bones for uh, helping us out in the Football Reporters of Canada. Uh, and of course, as you see uh, on the right side of your screen, Shannon's Irish Pub and Eatery, the best food and drink you will get in an iconic atmosphere in the underground of downtown Winnipeg, just a saucer pass down the street from True North Square. Open for the Jets games uh, tonight. Uh, Jets games home and away all season, and they are open 
for the Grey Cup. So get down to Shannon's, tell him Bonfire sent you, uh, and uh, have a great time. Enjoy the game, everybody. Keep it locked here to Bonfire Sports. More to come. Take care, 6-3. We'll see you soon, brother. See you, DB. Have a great one, man. Love you guys. Adios. <laughs>